Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. The voice of the White Sox on WGN Radio, Andy Mazur. Andy, I'd say what's new, but uh, I, I have to be off by 9 o'clock when John Williams comes on. So uh, when was the last time you spoke with Rick Renteria? Uh, let's see, I had to speak with him via text because we weren't allowed anywhere uh, near those guys uh, during the entire year. We were in different tier systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I talked to him was actually a text message to congratulate him on making the playoffs, and that was uh, pretty much it. So... Uh, I've, I've tried to get in touch with him, and I'm, I'm sure that he is uh, he's watching uh, everything that he's uh, you know wants to say and, and things of that nature. So he hasn't, he hasn't returned anything uh, to my to my knowledge. But uh, it, it was kind of a uh, kind of a shocker yesterday to uh, to see that news, along with uh, not just uh, Ricky Renteria, but also longtime pitching coach Don Cooper. And, and Bob asked me earlier, Andy, if if I was surprised, and quite frankly, I think a lot of people were surprised, not that there wasn't criticism of Renteria, but uh, given the, the overall, the record, uh, the return of the playoffs, the overall success that the White Sox had this season, and having been through the rough times, you would think now that things have turned, and as Rick Hahn says, the window is open, I, I don't know about you, but I think most people expected to see Rick Renteria back there on opening day. Yeah, I certainly did, Dave. I mean, I, I, I didn't really have any any indication to, to kind of point in another direction just because, like you say, it's really the first time that Ricky Renteria has gotten to deal with a, or manage a lineup that, that actually had potential and actually had a chance to win because you know, coming up with the, you know around the Cubs, it was, it was full rebuild, and, and here with the White Sox, it was pretty much rebuild for the – three out of the four seasons that he was with them. So it's it's interesting in, in the timing, and it's interesting in the fact that you know, Rick Hahn had nothing but praise for uh, for the guy that uh, mutually parted ways with him. Uh, you know, the, the curious thing to me was the fact that uh, they were talking and that they had, he said that they had talked uh, in depth about things, and they almost kind of had it sound like they, they planned an exit strategy a couple of years ago. But the, but this wasn't the way that they wanted things to end. So I I, I don't know um, exactly how to how to think about that. And uh, you know I, I take Rick on at his word. This is a guy that uh, that certainly has built a team that is now, as you point out, the window open for. Uh, but it's just the, the timing seemed really strange. But again, they probably had things worked out before, so it was just the the time to to go ahead and announce things. But. Uh, yeah, I fully expected to see him back next year. You probably know Rick Renteria better than anyone in the media in Chicago, having uh, been with him in San Diego with the Padres many years ago. Would it surprise you, though, that he would take a a team first, me second kind of approach to this? And if if it was suggested to him that this is the time to make an exit, that he would uh, he would step aside? he's always been that kind of guy i mean he has always been a team first guy and for example i'll tell you i mean when the you know when the cubs got to the world series in 2016 there were a lot of people who were calling me to see if i could get in touch with ricky for them because they wanted to talk to him about his fingerprint on that team and how he helped anthony rizzo and how he helped uh, others to get to the point where they were and i finally got a hold of him and he said i want no part of that he said these guys are doing their thing in the playoffs and it's not about me it's about them doing what they want to do and 
it, it doesn't surprise me that he has that type of an attitude. Um, he, he's always been that way. He's, he's uh, one of the most positive people that I think I've ever met in my entire life um, about uh, just a general way of life. And he's a good baseball man. And I just thought, you know, I mean, obviously there were some things in the playoffs that people were, were questioning. And, you know, there were some moves that were, uh, I, I guess, questionable at the time. But, uh, you know, listening to Rick, uh, Rick Hahn talk about the fact that it wasn't about any one or two decisions, that it was this exit strategy that they had developed. So that that's the kind of the, the curious thing to me. Andy, uh, tell me what you think of my uh, misinformed, dumb analysis uh, on this whole thing. I know, I know Rick Hahn <laughs> said uh, none of this had anything to do with decision-making in uh, Game 3 of the Wild Card Series, had nothing to do with anything that happened over the last couple weeks of the season, and, and some people are questioning that. I don't question that. Uh, I think that's true. What this is about is... He doesn't think that Renneria is a guy to manage a team that's where the Sox are now. He thinks of Renneria as the guy to bring along the young players, uh, to go through the rebuilding, and then you need a guy with a lot of championship experience or, or more postseason experience than Renneria to manage the club. That, that's, that's the way I see it. What's wrong with my yeah, analysis? There really isn't a whole lot wrong with it, Bob. I mean, I, I would think that, uh, you know, that, that's a, a possibility that to have in the back of their mind. I mean, you needn't look any further than some of the other Chicago teams to, to kind of point that out. I mean, you look at uh, what the what the Bulls did with uh, Doug Collins and moved into to Phil Jackson, but that was a little different because Phil Jackson didn't have a lot of experience. But, uh, you know, the organization felt that uh, Doug Collins was the guy to get you to point B and Phil Jackson was the guy to get you to point A in the championships. That worked out. Dennis Savard with the, with the, with the Blackhawks, uh, a well-known guy, a well-known name, uh, and certainly got the best out of some of the young talent that the Blackhawks were cultivating. But the organization at that point felt that Joel Quenville was going to be the guy that would get them to the next level. And those two moves obviously worked out where uh, things worked out for, for both of those organizations. So it's, it's not far off to think that way. Uh, you know, It's just weird to, to see a quote-unquote mutual parting of ways and you know i'm going to take these guys at their word because i think that they you know they had these conversations i mean it sounds to me like that's a genuine thing because you know i know rick Hahn, i know ricky renteria i mean i don't think there's any any tension between these two guys and i just think that that was kind of the way that that they figured things were going to uh, going to be but uh this was the time that they uh, they made the announcement and the Don Cooper thing, Andy, uh, I mean, to be in one job in baseball for 18 years is almost, well, it is unheard of. I mean, it's yeah. it's very remarkable, the run that he had with the White Sox. Yeah, and you think, uh, you know, three or four managers came through uh, in those 18 years, and he survived, and he was still yeah. there, uh, which tells you exactly what the organization felt about uh, about Don Cooper at this point. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that, uh, that Coop is the guy that feels that he could probably get more out of these guys had he had a little more time to do it. And, you know, we're talking about 18 years, but obviously the, the rosters change and the, and the names change. Um, you know, sometimes I think that uh, organizations go through these things where they feel like, okay, new voices are needed. Whether that be the case with Ricky Renteria, I don't know. That was only, you know, four seasons. But you know, with Don Cooper in 18 years, I don't know if it's going to be a change of philosophy, so to speak. It just might be a change of who is dealing out, uh, dishing out that philosophy and who, who uh, some of these pitchers, the younger guys especially, are listening to and uh, are, are going through their, uh, their routines with. So that, 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 did, uh, that, that one didn't surprise me as much as, as the Renteria thing, to be honest with you. And I, I, 
you know, I'd, I'd wondered about uh, about Cooper and, and and whether or not they were going to uh, keep him around just because, again, you know, you're you're in a job for uh, one job for so long. Um, do people tune you out? And I, I don't think that was the case, but I, I think the organization just felt, okay, we're making this change. We can make this one as well here and, and try to uh, to start uh, anew in that in that position. Andy Mazur. Thanks, Andy. I'm just hoping WGN Radio doesn't give me a vote of confidence. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> oh, the dreaded vote of confidence. <laughs> Have a good day, Andy. We'll talk to you Thanks, soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. <laughs>